to the Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the show, I have Tracy Blank. She is a medical support clinical hypnotherapist, and she helps people feel like their best selves. I'm so excited to have Tracy on the show. So thanks for coming on the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Um, So I just want to start today's episode by talking about why you got into hypnotherapy because I think it's a really interesting story and I'm sure a lot of people could benefit from hearing about your why. Of course. Um, So my journey to hypnotherapy was from my own anxiety. Um, I've had anxiety throughout my whole life. Uh, When I was about 12, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and generalized anxiety. I've been on different medications. But I always felt like in my work, I was in social work, I always felt like my anxiety almost made me more productive, never procrastinate, get things done. So I always looked on the good side and I used traditional um, medication and talk therapy and it was working fairly well for me. But um, like I said, I was in social work, I worked for the state with kids with mental and behavioral health issues. And it just got to the point where my anxiety was getting more and more and I wasn't listening to it. So it took on more physical toll. So I ended up one day um, at work and I went into my boss's office to talk to him. And he was like, you seem really off. What's going on? I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I have vision loss. You know, I have no vision on one side and loss of sensation on the other side. And he's like, you really have to go to the hospital. And I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, we have so much to do. Um, You know, but he's like, please go. And of course, me being, you know, I need to get everything done was like, okay, but I'll be done later this afternoon for this thing we have to do. So I went to the hospital and they initially thought that I had multiple sclerosis. It was like a first MS attack. But I went out to the Mayo Clinic and they eventually found out that it was all physical manifestations of stress and anxiety. And I initially went through um, an outpatient program for psychiatric values to send my social work kids to for anxiety. That helped a little bit, but nothing was really helping. I was having daily panic attacks. I couldn't drive. I had to go on disability from work. Um, And somebody suggested to me, my dad actually suggested, why don't you try hypnotherapy? And at that time, you know, coming from a background of social work and I majored in psychology and policy in college, I didn't know that much about hypnotherapy. And I was like, I don't know if I believe in that stuff. Um, But then I was so desperate for anything to help. So I went to a hypnotherapist. And in my first session, I started feeling better. And by my third session, I got off all anxiety medications. Um, I never had another panic attack after that. And it really changed my mind on hypnotherapy, obviously. So I studied one-on-one with that guy for a while. Um, And then eventually when I realized I needed a more thorough understanding and just for what I wanted to do, do more medical stuff, like we talked about in the medical support. So then I went out to New Mexico um, 
to the Hypnotherapy Academy of America, which uses all medical personnel. Um, they do all the studies that the National Institute of Health does around hypnotherapy. So anytime there's a hypnotherapy study through the National Institute of Health, they usually use um, where I went to school, those training methods, those methodologies, the students from that. Um, and then from there, I worked at a hospital in New Jersey for a time doing medical manifestations of stress and anxiety, cancer support, pregnancy support, any kind of medical or clinical having a, a physical component to it. And then I've been in my own practice for about uh, six and a half, seven years now. So that was kind of uh, my overall story. Yeah, the reason that I wanted you to explain your story is because I think a lot of people don't understand how connected the mind and the body are. And so for us, like we've done some research with this and you clearly, you know, gotten your certification in hypnotherapy. So you understand how much the mind plays a role in the physical sensations that happen with anxiety. Um, so I really wanna talk about the mind a little bit more because I think this understanding of the mind and how powerful it is, is so helpful if people could understand ways to use the power of their mind. So I know that there's a lot when it comes to hypnotherapy, if you start to dive deep into why, but I just wanna talk about like some basic um, tools that people can apply that comes to training their mind and understanding their mind in a way that will benefit them. Yeah, and I can talk a little bit, a very um, basic overview about how the mind works, and especially like you just talked about that mind-body connection. We hear that term all the time, the mind-body connection, but what does that really mean? And I feel like there's so many people that say they either believe in it or they don't believe in it. And it's really not something that you believe in or not believe. It just is. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll talk about the mind, um, like you said, and, and how we can set it up for success, but also maybe targeting in on that mind-body connection and giving some examples um, from my clients as well. Um, so just to a basic overview of the mind, we have our conscious mind. That's the running monologue in our head all day long. So our analysis, our reasoning, when we kind of grit our teeth and just try to will um, something into happening, that's all our conscious mind, everything we're aware of all day long. Our subconscious mind is almost everything else. So it has um, all of our autonomic nervous system. So that's kind of the, the body stuff that we were talking about, our breathing, our circulation, our digestion, our immune system um, is all run by that autonomic nervous system, which is controlled by the subconscious. The subconscious also has all our memories. Um, you know, as a memory becomes relevant, it might come up to the conscious mind, but we hold every memory in our subconscious mind. Our emotions are all in our subconscious mind. Sometimes if we feel an emotion over and over, we might become aware of when we're feeling it. Sometimes it takes someone else to say, you seem a little angry right now for us to really realize what we're feeling. So our emotions, our memories, all the automatic functions of our body, those all are in subconscious mind. Also in subconscious is our programming. So this includes anything we've decided at any point was true. True about ourselves, true about other people, true about the world around us. So I believe the world is a safe place or I believe the world is not a safe place. Um, I believe I'm good at math. I believe I'm not good at math. Um, you know, I believe other people are out to help me. I believe other people are only out for themselves. Anything that you've decided at any point is true about yourself, other people, or the world around you is what your subconscious is going to hold about programming. And that includes around your body too. So maybe you believe that under stress, your heart races. Um, you know, it might 
like I said, you might not even be aware of it, but that might be a subconscious belief that you have. So between the conscious and subconscious mind, there's a filter there called the critical factor. And I like to call it like the bouncer. So when a new thought comes in, the critical factor checks the subconscious to say, does this fit with what we already hold to be true? And if it fits, it lets it in to reinforce those ideas. So let's say you think you're a clumsy person. Every time you walk across a flat floor and fall, that's going to go in to reinforce that idea. But every time you don't fall, that will be the exception. It won't go into the subconscious. So we're only reinforcing or letting in what does reinforce our programming. It also works the other way, the critical factor, in creating the reality that we experience. So it does this in three ways. It projects onto situations what we expect to happen, that programming we just talked about. So if you're in a conversation with somebody and they keep misunderstanding you, they're probably projecting their beliefs and you're probably projecting yours. Um, we also attract. You hear about the law of attraction a lot with the secret, but really where the attraction comes in is we attract people and situations into our lives that we think fit. Um, so we might kind of attract the same person that fulfills a certain need that we have. Um, we might attract the good parking spot. That's what the big secret talks about. Like, it's really not we're attracting it. We tend to see that. Our mind looks for what we tell to look for. It. Um, you decide on a car you want to buy and you start seeing that car everywhere. So you're attracting, meaning your mind is looking for what you're telling it to look for. And then the third way is pipelining. Um, emotions are contagious. If you're in the room with somebody that's really excited, you can feel that excitement in the air. If you're in the room with somebody really angry, you can feel that anger in the air. And that creates a certain reality too. So that programming is really important because we're only reinforcing it and we're also making that our reality. So um, in hypnosis, all we're doing is opening that critical factor, relaxing it in order to access that programming. Whether it's the mind-body connection, like telling the body to feel relaxed for immune system to increase. We're doing that a lot right now with the corona stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're giving instructions. I just had somebody earlier today that has um, a negative coping skill in, mm -hmm. in pulling, um, pulling hair, pulling that. So giving that instruction to the body that way. Um, but we can also do a lot of the emotional feeling calm in situations, feeling your confidence. So we're either adding new programming or we're changing the programming that's already there. So that's a little bit about how the mind works. We have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the critical factor in between, and the critical factor kind of is that bouncer. And all hypnosis is, is taking that bouncer away so we can access the subconscious to change the programming that's already there or add new programming. Yeah, perfect explanation. I loved how you explained that. I think it was very easy to understand. Um, so I know you just said like you had a client who has like a pulling problem. So I think a lot of people, when they think of hypnosis, they think of things like, oh, I'm going to go get hypnotherapy to stop smoking, or I'm going to go get hypnotherapy to have a better relationship with food. Like I, I see a lot of people coming to hypnotherapy for different things. But I guess um, if you were like to debunk some things about hypnotherapy, like for example, you used it for anxiety. What other things can you help people with through hypnotherapy um, besides just like stopping a habit? Yeah. So I specialize in anxiety. So I would say about 80 to 85% of the people that come to me come for some type of stress and anxiety. 
whether it's general anxiety or general stress and just not dealing with it well, whether they're mm-hmm. taking their emotions out later on their family from work or they're having negative coping skills or they're having a physical manifestation. Like I kind of talked about panic attacks. I have some people here. OCD behaviors, maybe um, ruminating thoughts or, um, you know, ritualization. I get a lot of that. I also get a lot of fears and phobias. Um, So a big one I get a lot is needle phobia, um, Mm. but also driving, flying, um, that kind of stuff. I will tell you, I had someone with needle phobia and her, her, it was a, a college student, her mom sent her. And after we did our work together, she did so well that she went and got a tattoo. <laughs> her mom was not happy with that necessarily. But um, so there's all those stress and anxiety type ones. But then I also do a lot of motivation, sleep, um, you know, procrastination, a lot of people getting off some ADD medication. Cause a lot of times, sometimes people will come to me for anxiety, but it's actually ADD meds can raise anxiety. So we really work on focus, concentration, and they get off the meds and kind of the anxiety helps um, with itself, with that motivation piece. I also do a lot of physical. So like I talked about, I used to work at a hospital. So a lot of those physical manifestations of stress and anxiety, whether it's that increased heart rate um, going on or 75% of ailments that land you at the doctor are caused by stress and anxiety taking a physical toll on the body. So any of those things that are starting to get in the way. That's where some of those come up, like you were talking about, like weight loss and smoking are the big ones. Um, If people are doing it for like anxiety or some of the things I'll support, I usually will do that. But there's so many people who specialize in smoking and weight loss that I usually refer out. I'm a big believer in everybody having their niche and their specialty, but also finding someone that you're going to work well with. It is like traditional therapy in that you have to trust me. You have to be able to tell me about what's going on in your life. You have to be able to be open and vulnerable to what might come up during it. Um, so in that regard, you know, you really have to feel comfortable with me as well. But, you know, depending on what your goal is, almost any goal I could work on. And I tell people that all the time, you know, they'll call me and they'll say, have you worked with this before? And a lot of times, cause I've been doing this for so long, I have worked with it before. But even if I've worked with it before, I customize everything I do to the particular client because you and I might both want to work on anxiety, but what you would say you'd want instead could be completely different from what I would say, or different words can have different connotations for different people. So everything I do, regardless if I've done it before or not, is customized specifically to the client. Yeah, that's awesome. I do agree with you. It has to be a good fit. And I feel like that's just a PSA to anyone listening. Like, make sure whoever you work with, whatever type of practitioner you work with, you have a fit there. And I believe with like doctors, therapists, all the things, like make sure there's a good fit so that you can be open and vulnerable during the process. Yes, for sure. And I tell my clients that all the time. You know, you have to also be open to looking Um, at what's going on. So a lot of times people think hypnotherapy is like this magic wand, but it is still therapy. It has therapy in the word. It's quicker. Mm -hmm. I would say the average is about eight sessions, Um, but it's still work. You still have to do that self-work. You still have to look at your thoughts and own them and Mm -hmm. own some of those past behaviors. And especially that's one of the big things I ask all my clients before we start sessions. Are you ready to look at things and either grow from them or are you looking at them as like an excuse to stay a victim? Because if you're not looking at things as a chance to grow, you're not really ready yet. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely believe with any type of program that you set out to do, you have to be open and ready and you have to be willing to change. Like that's a huge thing when it comes to any type of thing you're looking to do, whether it's diet, exercise, anxiety, help, like you have to be open and ready to do the work. And I really feel like a lot of people like to pigeonhole themselves into this victim mentality. Like you said, like, oh, this is just the way it is. So I like that you help break down the programming and the thoughts and you really only work with people who are ready to do the work. I do want to kind of dive into like what sessions look like. I know they're all customized to your specific clients, but what can people expect going into a hypnotherapy session? Because I think some people are confused about what it is. They think they're going to be hypnotized and sleeping and the hypnotherapist is just going to say things to them. So what, I know you can't exactly generalize, but what's like the most general way to describe a session? Of course. So Like you said, and like I said, every session is customized, but in general, hypnotherapy falls under two categories. There's suggestion therapy, which is giving new suggestion or new programming to the mind. So if we looked at what we said before with the conscious and subconscious mind, this would be adding new programming in the subconscious mind. This might be positive affirmations. So if I'm writing positive affirmations, like I said, the wording that we use is customized to the client. I'll say, What do you want to experience instead of anxiety? Maybe someone says they want more positive thoughts. Maybe someone else says, I want to feel more calm and relaxed, or I want to feel less tension in my body. So whatever it is they want, that's the wording we use. You know, you are calm and comfortable through your body and mind, um, or your thoughts are positive, or it's easy for you to assume the best, whatever the wording makes sense. So we would do positive affirmations. We might do imagery. So once your mind has seen you do something, it's easier for the mind to picture it doing it again. So it believes it's more believable. So we might do imagery of seeing you in a situation that used to be a problem, only now it's not a problem. So maybe you used to get stressed in traffic. So maybe we'd see you in your car dancing along to the radio in traffic. So you'd see you weren't stressed. So you're giving your body that instruction. Or we might do symbolism, um, maybe putting everything that's been holding you back in a wall smash the wall, telling your mind, get rid of this. So those are different types of suggestion therapy, affirmations, imagery, or symbolism. The other category of hypnosis is more analytical. So that's examining what the programming is that is in the subconscious and either changing it or taking it away in that moment. So this might include a trauma reversal. Maybe we'd follow an emotion back to the first time you felt it and look at what was going on and wipe the emotion out of it. Um, We might call on inner wisdom. You know, a lot of times people will talk about emotions, feeling them in their body. Like I feel such butterflies in my stomach. Maybe we'd have you take those butterflies out of your stomach, put them out in front of you and ask the butterflies what their story is and why they're there or what they need to feel better. Um, there's so many different processes under analytical, um, but those are some of some examples. We might also call on um, an inner guide and ask them you know, what this part is trying to achieve. Um, like in what we talked about a little bit before, why, why someone might not be ready to make the change and people have to be ready. If that's going on a lot, that's the type of process I might do asking, you know, what will it take to be ready or what, you know, is this doing, you know, there's, um, a lot of times where our, our minds work perfectly. So a lot of times people will say to me, 
there's something wrong with me or I'm just, you know, I don't work right. Your mind works perfectly. So usually hypnosis, whether it's analytical um, or suggestion therapy, is just making it work more for you. I like to say hypnosis is knowing how the mind works and using that knowledge to make it work for you. That's an awesome um, explanation of it. I really like that you said just using your mind to your advantage because I think that's so true. You know, when you start to understand how the mind works and you pick up on these tools, then you can start to implement them in your life and really create positive change. So I love all of that. Thanks for explaining that. Oh, good. I'm glad. And yeah, so since we've talked about how the mind kind of works and that what you focus on what programming is there is what you're going to get more of. That would be a big tip um, for your listeners and all the listeners that are listening. Think about what you are focusing on. Um, You know, if you have a stomachache that day, maybe you're focusing on, oh, I have such a stomachache. I have such a stomachache. And maybe it sounds like you're lying to yourself, but start to put in the reversal what you want instead. My stomach is settled. My stomach is comfortable. You're going to give yourself that instruction and your body's going to start to listen too. Um, But you'll start to notice people use that languaging that they're not even noticing. You know, oh, that person's such a pain in my neck. And then they notice they have such a pain in their neck and they're wondering where it came from. But we're giving ourselves instructions all the time. So thinking about what instructions we're giving ourselves and what we want to give ourselves instead is going to be really helpful. So I've actually had some clients um, that have said to me like, oh, I don't like hypnotherapy because I feel like I'm telling myself things that aren't true. So what would you say to those people who don't really understand affirmations or are having trouble using things like affirmations because they don't feel like they're congruent? Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you, First of all, understand and have that intention behind it. So if your intention is these are new directions I want to give myself, it might feel easier to give them to yourself. And second of all, maybe saying them to yourself is just a difficult way to start. You know, hearing it in your own voice takes a lot. We want to get you there. But a good way to start first might be writing it. Um, Writing is a great way to get directly to our subconscious. You might remember in grade school, they had you write a word over and over again until you knew it. That's a really good way. If there's one belief that you're having a really hard time with, write it over and over again until you believe it. Um, I would tell you when you're giving yourself these affirmations, make sure you have the positive wording in it. You're not saying, I don't want to do this. So not like my thoughts are not negative. It's my thoughts are positive now. Um, A lot of times people have a hard time thinking what they want instead and they tend to focus on the wrong thing. So putting in what you do want might help you believe it better too because you're already thinking that way when you're writing the affirmation. But like I said, if it doesn't feel good speaking it, try writing it. Um, maybe just try reading it, having it on an index card by your nightstand and maybe picking it up and staring at it in the morning or putting it at a place that when you happen to wake up in the morning, your eyes go to. Um, You might not even be saying it consciously to yourself, but just viewing it a number of times. And you can do that same thing with physical. Um, Broken bones heal on average six weeks faster with hypnosis. So putting maybe your broken x-ray and what a good x-ray looks like and just watching it or going from one to the other. You're giving yourself that instruction. Um, So just that intention that's an instruction and maybe writing it. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that um, the way that you think about healing can help you heal faster or slower. Um, It really just goes back to the power of the mind. 
So I have a couple questions before we wrap up. I know you said that, you know, everyone is different, but typically hypnotherapy can be done in about eight weeks. So I guess just clarify for everybody what the process of hypnotherapy looks like, how many sessions a week would make sense. I know everybody's different, but I guess if you could do like an average. Yeah. So typically when somebody comes to me, they might talk to me and have a consult first, but in that first session, we're really getting to know each other. We're getting a good idea of what's going on. We'll do hypnosis in that session, but typically at the end of that session, when I have a really good feel for what's going on with that person, I might lay out suggestions of sessions. So if there's a family component, I might say, let's do something uh, with family. If there was a trauma, you know, I might say, let's do a trauma reversal. Um, so that's how we generally assess how many sessions. But like you said, and like I said, the average that I work with, at least with the anxiety and the things I do, is about eight sessions, give or take. Um, and generally, I meet with people weekly, at least in the beginning. Right now, since the pandemic, it's all virtual. Um, and it's been working great virtually as well. I know plenty of practitioners who are only doing virtual even before the pandemic. So like I said, we're meeting about weekly for however many we decided on. The average is about eight. As we start to feel better, maybe by the fourth, fifth session, I might suggest let's space it out two weeks and see if anything else comes up or if you're still feeling good. And that might give us more things to either work on um, or know that we're kind of feeling good. So we might space it out as we get further, but in the beginning, at least we go weekly. And I do 90 minute sessions. Okay, thank you so much for explaining that. Um, I have one more question for you. Um, what do you feel like was your favorite uh, success story from a client? If you obviously don't have to share their name, just the general story of their success. You know, I have so many favorites I've worked with over the years, um, but I usually like just different success stories based on what came out of them. Typically, I really feel like hypnotherapy empowers my clients. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times my clients might be coming from having tried different things before, before it leads them here. And that's what they usually say. They feel like this gave them more tools to utilize down the road, but even in the moment, they're getting what they need from inside themselves. So mm -hmm. you know, we're asking themselves what they need to feel better. We're asking themselves what this is about and getting the answers from within just creates so much confidence from that person, even if that's not what they came for, because they're realizing that everything they need is within themselves. And that's what I love about hypnotherapy. So I would say that's my favorite success story for most of my clients. But if you want to hear just some interesting um, things, I did have this one uh, woman who was in her 60s, never slept well throughout her whole life, she mm. said. We did a lot of work around it. And then finally we did a session where we looked at what was this giving her, you know, why wouldn't it get rid of it? Um, basically. And we regressed and it turned out in her childhood, the nighttime was a time when she could walk around her house and touch things that her family didn't let her touch during the day. So it was like this mm. special sacred time. So once we figured that out and started building this special time for her during the day, she suddenly was able to sleep at night. And I find that's a lot too. We usually, our mind is finding a way to meet a need. And usually if we give it a new way to meet that need, it's so amazing how quickly that old negative behavior goes away. Uh, I have another example of that, almost that same thing. I had a, a guy with tinnitus, which is like that ringing in the ear and it can get really annoying. I've had a lot of people actually with that 
Um, and we did, we asked it why it was there and what its story was. And he didn't want to go to lab restaurants and concerts and didn't really speak up about it. So once he started speaking up, it went away. Because, you know, if you have the ringing in the ear, it's hard to go to lab places. So a lot of times our body is giving us what we need. So finding a new way to meet that need is always interesting to me because I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, just any of my stories, uh, that one uh, with the needle phobia that went and got a tattoo later, I thought that was great. I had somebody um, who had a flying phobia and had to fly for work, had it flown in 11 years. And in our second session, got on the plane. Um, even faster than I had projected she would. And it, so that was a really great story. I just love hearing all the success stories. And I love knowing that, um, you know, not only did I help someone achieve their goal in that moment, but I've also given them these tools that sometimes I hear years later they use for something we didn't even work on and it helped them. Yeah, I love success stories too. It makes me so happy. And I love the empowerment piece that you talked about. I really think that's valuable because you know, you're just a guide. And I think that's something that people also need to know about working with a coach, a hypnotherapist, a therapist, any type of practitioner, your, your th hypnotherapist will essentially be a guide for you to work through the things you need to do, but you have to do the work too. So I think that's just important for people to know. Yeah. I always, um, say I'm the expert in hypnosis, but you're the expert in your life. You know, mm -hmm. I can tell you what the right word to use is. I can't tell you what you want instead, but I can help you get there, help you figure it out. Um, sometimes in hypnotherapy, I have some fellow hypnotherapists who don't call their clients clients. They call them co-therapists because they really have that belief that, you know, you're doing just as much work as I am. And I have that belief too, but I still call, call them clients. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I loved having you so much. I feel your passion and I feel your positive energy for this through the zoom call. Um, so I just want everybody to know where to find you, how to reach you. If, um, this really hit home for them and they're looking to try hypnotherapy. And I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone has. You can always email me or call me, find me on the web. So my website is tracingyourpath.com. So T-R-A-C-I-N-G-Y-O-U-R-P-A-T-H.com. And I'm sure you'll link it somewhere in the description. Um, my email is tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at tracingyourpath.com. And my phone number is 732 595-2370. And like I said, I'm always happy to talk more about hypnosis. I do talks and workshops all the time. I'm happy to set up a customized one for your organization about almost any topic, um, as long as it's in line somewhat with the mind and success and anxiety, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so give me a call, send me a text, send me an email, and I'm happy to help you in any way I can. And thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Yeah, my pleasure. I loved hearing your story. I loved hearing you talk about hypnotherapy. So thanks for being on the show. Hey, friend. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.